0: Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Bump. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here and helping us uh, make the Kid Ministry Collective or the KMC podcast one of the highest-rated kidmin podcasts out there. I'm truly honored, and I love serving the kid ministry community. I love sharing with you. And hey, thanks for letting me know you're listening. It's been a real blessing. I've had several listeners recently reach out, or as they've joined the KMC, say they've they've been listening to the podcast, and uh, they're super encouraging. They've learned some things. Uh, They've been comforting at times. And so, hey, if you're listening and uh, it's been a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. Um, You can leave a review. Uh, It takes like 30 seconds to do. um, And that just pushes us up in the algorithm and helps more people hear about the KMC. Um, Share it with other children's ministry leaders, family ministry, uh, youth ministry people out there. But come into the Facebook group and uh, make a comment on the post where we're advertising this podcast. And this episode, you need to stay tuned to the end because my guest is going to be giving away an amazing, amazing resource, uh, and we're blessed that he's willing to do that for us. So you got to listen to win, and you got to follow the instructions at the end of the podcast. Now, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've just met this man. um, Well, I've been following him for several years. I've bought some of his resources that he's created um, he is truly a gift to the kid ministry community because his creativity is just amazing. And the resources he creates are beautiful and helpful and strategic. And so I really want you to hear from him and hear about his ministry. And we're going to put uh, his website in the show notes. So go over and check it out and uh, support our brother. Um, we love what he's doing for the kingdom. And so. Dima, um, welcome to the Kid Ministry Collective. Dima Cohen, am I, am,
1: I am saying that right, right? Yes, you got it right. Uh, there are only two ways to say it, either either Dema or Dima, so you got it right.
0: All it's right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Dima, thank you so much for joining me and making time uh, from your schedule to come on the KMC with me. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into ministry.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on your podcast. I was looking forward to it and dreading it at the same time. (laughs) It's my first ever podcast appearance. All Uh, right. So, yes, thank you for inviting me to step out of my comfort zone and uh, to do something adventuresome. Yes. Uh, Something that I've never done before. But yes, I am Dima Cohen and probably... By my name, and by the way I sound, you can gather that I am not- You're from native. Georgia. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> close. Yes. Uh, I'm from a country that no longer exists. That's uh, When I talk to oh, kids, wow. that's what I like to say. Yeah. I was born and raised in a country that no longer exists. So, Tom, wow. you want to test your history knowledge? <laughs> what country that is? Uh, see. Well it the, vanished in nineteen ninety. It just disappeared overnight. 90? Oh man. Uh,
0: no, it w- let's see, not wouldn't be like um almost was gonna say Slovakia, but um
1: well yeah there was Czechoslovakia. Uh they dis they broke apart or they split in Czech mm-hmm. Republic and Slovakia yeah. a little bit earlier. So uh yeah, the Not country I'm referring to is the great USSR.
0: Oh, okay. Well, well see, yeah. now I almost thought that's too obvious to say, but
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where I was born and raised. Uh on my dad's side, it was a pure Jewish family. On my mom's side, uh, Ukrainian and Christian. And interestingly enough, in the Soviet Union days, those two groups were hated, persecuted. Mm -hmm. It was dangerous to be a Jew and it was dangerous to be a Christian. So from the moment I was born, my only goal was to blend in, not to stand out, not to draw too much attention. Uh, My grandparents actually insisted that I would not be given a Jewish last name because that would put me at a huge disadvantage. Uh, like opportunity doors for universities, employments would be shut down. So from the moment I was born, like, hey, just blend in and live a very uh, unremarkable life. And so that was uh, uh, that was my life. And uh, then uh, 1990 came, and that's when Soviet Union fell apart. And that's when uh, Christianity was allowed to come into post- communist post-atheist environment uh, which was nurtured for the last 73 years and so we had amazing wave of revival going on Uh, so uh, by then I was in independent Ukraine Uh, so that's the country of my origin and uh, so yes I remember I was 15 years old and Uh, my mom started dragging me to church Uh, we've never uh, gone to church regularly before because it was dangerous and uh just you don't do it uh even though her parents were believers but she said you're 15 now let's go to church and she would drag me sunday morning sunday night tuesday night friday night and she was not a born again believer and Mm -hmm. that just didn't make any sense (laughs) Uh, but about one month into going to church, she said, hey, mom, I actually like the church. And she said, good, from now on, you'll be going on your own. And that was it. Her mission was accomplished. She anchored me in the church, and then I just started going. And later I asked, mom, why in the world did you insist that we go to church if you were not a Christian? And she said, well, I thought that you became a teenager, that your world will be flooded with temptations and negative." peer pressure so the only safe place i knew for a teenager was the church even though i didn't want anything to do with christ mm-hmm. so i just look back and i'm so thankful to my mom who was not a believer but somehow she had enough insight and wisdom to know the church would be a safe place to park her teenage son and probably four months into going to church uh, the Holy Spirit convicted me of my need in Jesus and I went forward and knelt down and repeated the sinner's prayer. And that's how my journey with God began. Wow. And uh, back then there were only three ministries in the church. You either could preach, which was unreachable to me because it was all gray-haired man. All of them were in prison. They suffered for Christ. So they earned their place at the pulpit. So a 15-year-old teenager, that was close for me. Then another spot was a choir. And that was an appealing option. A lot of my friends, young people, they went to be in the choir. And it's a place where you are visible. Everybody sees you. It's a fun thing to do. And I tried it. I gave it a fair try. And I just was bad. I could not sing. I cannot sing until this day when I sing in church. My wife and now my children ask me to tone it down because when I <laughs> sing, I like to do it loud. I like to make a joyful noise. Yeah. And my seven year old now, daddy, just hush. Uh, and I remember being in choir, and the choir conductor would say, You must sing higher which to me meant I had to get on my tiptoes and raise myself. So I had no idea what it means to sing higher or lower. So my career in the choir didn't last very long. And so the third option was uh, to volunteer in children's ministry. And that is exactly where I found myself after many failed attempts in the choir. And I will tell you, it was a perfect spot for me. I was by then a 16 year old young man i was very shy uh lacked confidence i come out from a broken family my dad left uh, when i was six so uh, i just did not have any people skills and i was intimidated by people and so being placed in a classroom with 25 year olds i was taller than all of them so that was in my favor, like I felt comfortable, <laughs> uh, like I was this big guy and they respected me just because I was taller than them. But I did not know how much blessing being with five-year-olds will be for me personally, because, you know, when you're with kids, you cannot be serious for far too long. or boring. <laughs> right. And they really drew me out of my shell. They taught me how to smile. They taught me how to laugh how to lighten up, not to take myself seriously. (laughs) So even though every Sunday I would prepare a Bible lesson and I would be going to teach them, they were teaching me so much more just about being a human. So that was a place of thriving for me for about a year. Awesome. And uh, all my communication skills, I picked up teaching those five-year-olds because you cannot... Come and tell them Greek words or Hebrew words when you explain justification <laughs> or sanctification. Right. You have to pick up an object and explain something that they can touch and it makes sense to them. So uh, it was a great uh, uh, training for me. Yes. How do you communicate God's precious word in a way that's attractive to them, that holds their attention, but also makes sense? Yes. And uh, about a year into Uh, been with those five-year-olds, a pastor of our church called me and two other friends. Uh, uh, One was teaching middle school age kids and another high school age kids and said, there is this nearby public school. And in Ukraine, public school is grade first through 10. So the very same school that you go to in in your first grade is the same school that you graduate when you're in 10th grade. So there were maybe four, 500 students in that school and he said the administration of that school uh, we have a meeting with them and we are going to tell them why it's so important for them to give their children a biblical worldview and so it was like a townhouse meeting all the parents were invited from first to 10th grade all the administration was there like the whole was packed with people and mm-hmm. so uh two of our pastors they got up and they were just saying This is what years of communism and atheism did for us. Our kids are empty. They don't have any moral compass. They don't know how to tell right from wrong. Uh, Their soul has been neglected. We need to do something about it. And they said, we as a church will be happy to host Bible classes in your public school. And uh, they had a vote at the end of the evening and they voted starting next week, we are going to offer a bible class for elementary age kids a bible class for middle uh, school students and high school students wow it will be in the evening after all the school was over and it was voluntarily and we left that meeting and then our pastors looked at us three young people who were teaching in the church and they didn't even ask us anything they said okay so next week we are starting you heard it right everybody voted in so dima you will be teaching elementary uh, students. And then they went through all of my friends. Yeah. So you'll be teaching. And that that was it. Whatever you wow. have told there was no plan, no curriculum, no resources. And that was baptism by fire. I was yes. still in high school. I was a high school student. So every, wow. uh, every, I think it was Tuesday night at six o'clock in the evening. So children would have been there main school day and then after school care some of them stayed so at 6 p.m they were at their worst they spent the whole day in school yeah. so i had one hour with them wow. and at seven o'clock their parents would come and get them from school so i had one hour to teach them the bible and that was really the baptism by fire Ooh, uh, yes. because they were non church kids Uh, There was no curriculum, like I had to come up with everything from scratch, but yet there was so much joy sharing God's word with them and seeing how they're hungry for it. And uh, yeah, those were amazing years. I probably taught there for three or four years and that's how I got into ministry. And it was just thrilling sharing God's word uh, uh was the most rewarding experience that in my life
0: an amazing story wow wow um you know it makes me appreciate <laughs> and i hope the listeners appreciate all that we've been blessed with to live here in the united states to hear that, uh, yeah, you know
1: what it's a it's a double-edged sword it's a yeah. blessing but it's also can stifle your creativity and most of all your dependency on the holy spirit yes because of the so much abundance yep. that you have all your bells and whistles and like hey holy spirit you can take a vacation today i've got this yes. and we did not have anything but we had everything like every day my prayer okay god how can i unpack this bible we did not have flannel boards we did not have yeah. anything yeah and so you, you go on the street and you find a rock oh, how can I use this rock? And the Holy Spirit gives you an idea. You open your kitchen drawer and you see a big spoon or a- another utensil. Oh, this could, I-, I could just attach some eyes and some draw some lips and this could be uh, this Bible character. And uh, yeah, those were exhilarating times. Wow.
0: No, I- I'm thankful
1: for the lack. I'm thankful for the lack because yeah. it really generated dependence on the Holy Spirit.
0: Oh. Man, Dima, that is just awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Because I mean, I know that's not what the podcast where we were aiming to go, but you know, this is really important for us leaders today, especially kid ministry leaders, because so many, and you know, as a as a creative and and as somebody who's who's creating content now and resources that you know. So many leaders are thinking, well, I just don't have much. I'm in a small church and I don't. And just like what you just shared, take what little you have and let God jump all over it and watch what he does. And you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. In fact, sometimes I think it would be better if sometimes we would eliminate some of those. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would love to do a podcast on just how powerful simplicity is
1: yes um, sleeping down like uh david who tried Saul's armor which was great and sophisticated and he said it's just not me i'll go yep. back to my slingshot yep
0: yep yeah. i uh, but, i was yeah. i was speaking at a camp uh, a couple weeks ago and i did a little facebook live in the facebook group because god struck me with that thought um i literally changed my entire plan for speaking at camp and normally when i speak at camps i have lots of stuff i mean i even came i filled i had the back of my truck filled with props and toys and magic tricks and my object lesson stuff and you know i stripped it down to just me with my bible i had a few flashcard pictures most of it was just straight up storytelling just telling the stories and talking to the kids and letting them ask questions. And it was such a powerful, I mean, we had six children come to Christ that week um, out of a group of 30, which I think is really great. And it really hit me as I stood there on uh, this little dock out looking over the lake, just how powerful Simple is. And so thank you for sharing that. I hope Man, I really hope that people will really start thinking about, you know, maybe post-COVID world is, and maybe maybe what God was showing us and trying to use, I guess if there was an object lesson for a pandemic, it was be that, you know, we didn't have anything. We locked everything down and we had to go to simple, simple, simple. And maybe that's the way we're supposed to continue and not go back to what we were doing before, but to keep it simple and focus on the little important things um, and let I God in work.
1: That, in that simplicity, you have a more opportunity for heart-to-heart connection because you don't yes. have all the distractions and overstimulation. And I think there is room for Holy Spirit to come. And I think we are probably scared to take away our PowerPoints and our videos no. and our gadgets and it's like, God, will you really show up and stir yes. the hearts of children? Yeah, I want to believe it, but I'm scared. So let yeah. me just clutter uh, the scene. And absolutely, there is nothing wrong with all the props right. and things that we have. But I think it's like, is is it the fear that drives me or is there room for faith?
0: Left mm. in it? Ooh, that's good yeah. right there yeah That's but I just
1: there. to uh, to fully answer your question right now um I'm here in America came here eleven years ago and some people they boast that they married their high school sweethearts and I married a green card babe. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes my wife and I we, we joke yeah she <laughs> was my ticket to <laughs> stay in America uh, uh, so yeah, I married this. American girl that I I met uh, on a short trip to America and went back home and said, mom, I met this girl and I'm going to marry her. And I packed my suitcases, met her in May and I was back in August to marry her and married in October. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so I moved very fast. So right now (laughs) we have two boys, uh, four and seven. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I've been a children's pastor uh, back in Ukraine, the uh, children's ministry in South Africa, and when I came to America, I, I uh, also got into children's ministry uh, for eight and a half years in a fairly large church in Pennsylvania. Uh, and it was great wonderful experience. Uh, But last November, it became very clear to me that my time there came to an end, Mm -hmm. Uh, that everything that I could give them, I gave, I could stay there. And it was a great place. People loved me and respected me. We had wonderful friendships there, like ministry-wise, relationships-wise, things were good. Uh, I didn't need to run away, walk away from something bad, but I just felt like, This ministry outgrew me. They need somebody else to take them to the next level. And I kind of outgrew the ministry, the skill set that I bring, the passion. And so I told my wife, I told the leadership, and everyone was in agreement. It's like, this thing doesn't make sense logically for us to be walking away from a great church, from a steady income, from all the benefits, and most of all, from the relationships that we fostered for eight and a half years, people that we loved, yeah. but I felt uh, staying there would be, I would be taking somebody else's spot there. Mm. So wow. last That's November uh, we left, uh, moved to Kentucky where my wife's family is. So uh, yeah, I focused, uh, I'm focusing all my time now on developing resources for other children's uh, ministry leaders uh, just to see if I can make their job a little bit easier and uh, save them time, send them, save them stress so they can focus their time and energy on really touching the hearts of children.
0: Yes. Oh, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. This has been so great so far. and We haven't even touched what we're going to talk about, but we're going to dive in because um, b- because you are a, a creative and, and you, you started promoting this resource. And I, that's when I said, oh, I need to reach out to you and and not just talk about the resource, this one in particular, but have you talk about a number of different things. But typically, we always start off the KMC with a why, why question. So I got to stick with that. So I want to ask you, why do you create? I mean, you kind of answered a little bit, but that's OK. Right. Why do you create these kind of resources?
1: Yeah, I think the answer is uh, twofold. Number one. I just cannot help it but create and innovate it's in my dna i'm wired that way it reminds me uh the movie chariots of fire and the the name of the character escapes me where he says when i run i i I sense the smile of god like that's what i was built for uh this is my calling and and it's funny like uh, when i was on staff in our church and we had two services and I would go on stage to make an announcement, whether it's a recruiting announcement or sometime maybe a special event was coming up. And I'll tell you, I could not bring myself to make the same announcement the same way twice. Like whenever I did the first announcement at nine o'clock at 10.50, yes. like my brain is working. Like I'm bored with the, first, the the way I did it first time. Like I need to recreate it. I need to, uh, and it's just crazy. It's like my brain goes like, i i need something fresh and i need something new so no, even no. in simple things like that <laughs> it's like gotta innovate uh yes. Yes. yeah so uh one thing is really it's just like in my blood I, I have to be doing new things i have to oh, be wow. coming up with them i love it
0: i i'm but, wired very similarly that i <laughs> i'd like I think what I like to do is I take people's resources like you and then I go wild with it and start Absolutely. Yeah. blossoming it out and blowing it out. And and you're yeah. right, I can't do the same thing twice. It, it just drives me crazy sometimes. I know, so. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the second thing that drives creativity is I taught myself to spot the needs around me. Mm. Uh, and as a children's pastor, I had to practice every August. I would send out a little survey to parents, to all the parents in the church. And I would just ask them, uh, let me know where is your child at spiritually? And I would give them maybe seven different options. Accepted Christ and shows signs of growth or is eager to go to church uh, or skeptical, has a hard heart, uh, have to be dragged to church. And like, I gave them uh, lots of different options. So just wanted to know uh, what's the spiritual climate like in children's ministry. And then the second question always was, uh, what are your three dreams for your uh, child for this school year? What are some skills that you want them to learn? What are some challenges that you want them to overcome? What are some areas where you really want them to grow and thrive? And those answers, they became my marching orders. And it was interesting because often I could see a trend. Like one year, some parents said, Yeah, it alarms me that my child doesn't pick up their Bible during the week unless I make them or unless I remind them to do it. And once you hear that from five, seven parents, you think, Maybe we need to come up with something to help them. And that's how the Eat This Book Challenge was born what if you can turn it into a little competition and make it fun for children to go through the books of the new testament Uh, or our church was in the middle of a multi-million dollar building campaign and uh our advisor financial advisor came and said "Dima, how can you involve children in fundraising and i was thinking and i mentioned well they could go to their parents and grandparents and beg for some pocket change but will it really be the essence of sacrifice and being invested into the church i thought no so i thought you know what we are going to teach our kids to start their own businesses to make their own money and give away their own money and so i quickly put a course together in my mind it was a Five week program, I reached out to entrepreneurs in our church and I said, uh, Would you be willing to be mentors for these kids? Got a class of 20 kids. And so for five weeks, we were just mentoring them. This is how you come up with a business idea. This is how you develop. This is how you test it. This is how you market it. And then at the end of uh, five weeks, I gave all the children $50. That was their seed money. And we said, now you have the product or service in mind. This is your seed money. You see what you can do with fifty dollars. At the end of the uh, at the end of the summer, bring a report. And it was so fantastic. Like these children, they started their companies, they started their businesses, awesome. products, services. And first week of September, first Sunday in September, they presented a church with. I forget now, it was about $3,200 check wow. from 20 children who started their own businesses and made their own money. So wow. that's how the great money adventure course was born, uh, which later became a curriculum. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's where we teach kids about money, stewardship, generosity, and that God gave you gifts. Uh, to add value to other people to serve them be paid for it but then make a difference so uh, some kids still running their own companies their own websites (laughs) their own services Uh, from parents are here yeah my son just sent a goat to asia to help a a family in asia start their own little goat business or whatever and they say kids are transformed because they tapped into this generosity the joy that comes from Giving and not receiving. Uh, so awesome. things like that when I I spot a need, and then and, well, what can we do? Uh uh to help uh parents and children and bring transformation. So that's how uh, resources have been born. That is
0: phenomenal. Um, and so you know, that, that leads me into this resource that we want to talk about today. And then like I said, I want to hit a couple more because yeah, the eat this book challenge. uh, I've used that. I know a good friend of mine, Ben Foulkes, who's a listener. He has used that in his church ministry and the kids really benefited from that one. So, um, but you, you, you started promoting this recently and I was thrilled to see it. Um, I do parent coaching and, and i even said to you off air this is something that that i'm going to use with with some parents i'm coaching right now because their children are struggling with emotions mm-hmm. and i think one thing this pandemic has shown us is that lately a lot of children are struggling with their emotions yes there's a lot of fear there's a lot of anger there's a lot of of depression <laughs> i mean yes. just feeling of sadness mm-hmm. and kids are overwhelmed and they don't know how to deal with this and honestly parents don't know how to deal with this and this resource um that's called jesus and emotions a creative journal for families um i just you know you sent me a copy and as soon as i got it i started peeling through it and i just love i love the feel of it i love the look of it i love how you they portray jesus in it Mm -hmm. um I like that he's looks more Middle Eastern. Um, yes. he's uh, not the blue-eyed blonde. Yes. yes, he's not the blue-eyed blonde Jesus. Um, so I think children of color are gonna really resonate with that, but I yeah. think all of us should because that's to me that he's a much more authentic looking. Right. right.
1: Um, yeah, and, he is emotional. He is and he's in, emotional. He's scared and he's angry and he's scared, so it's not the stoic. Uh, robotic Jesus that uh, sometimes we see like nothing moves him, nothing shakes him or touches right. him. He's always gathered. it has got it all together. It's like a very human uh, human side of Jesus.
0: Yes, yes. And that's what, so tell me a little bit about this and how did you come across it? And and what are some of the specific topics or emotions that yeah. you talk yeah. about? Yeah, this so, uh,
1: so this resource was birthed out of pandemic it's really out of that uh just emotional storm and overwhelm uh and heaviness that so many parents and so many children have experienced because so many things were taken out uh, cut off from their life and uh, it allowed so many things that were maybe disguised and under the surface to surface up. So yes, yes, I cannot take, uh, I cannot take credit for creating this resource. It was uh, created by a wonderful couple in the United Kingdom, uh, Sam and Sarah Hargreaves. But it's one of those resources, if they did not create it, I would have created it. (laughs) Uh, But I came across it. And I thought, I love it. Like this is the resource I wished I had as a child. And this is a resource that I want to introduce uh, to North America. Yeah, so I reached out to uh, Sarah and Sam and said, hey, how can we bring you uh, this resource to uh, North America? And they were very gracious and gave me permission, gave me a license. Uh, we did have to do quite a bit of work of reformating, resizing. And also back in England, they don't know how to speak proper English. (laughs) So we had to translate it from the Queen's English to the real English. There were some elements that would not have made sense to an American audience. Yeah, but this resource, uh, the way I look at it, it's really like a key to the room inside of us. That very rarely do we dare to step into, and it's the room of our emotions. And, and like, even looking back at my childhood growing up in the Soviet Union, like, we were machines, we were robots. There was no room for emotions because emotions were equated with weakness, Mm, and you could not show any weakness because emotions they move you, they take over you, and we were thinkers we were involved in a a space race with America and arms race Uh, so uh, culturally where I come from emotions were just frowned upon there was no expressions uh, of emotions in schools uh, or uh, in any other environment where Mm -hmm. I can remember myself and interestingly, interestingly enough when I got into the church arena and gave my heart to Jesus even in the church arena the room of emotion was tightly locked and guarded and emotions were considered unspiritual like if wow. you uh, wo- if you were worried if you were fearful it was a sign that you were not trusting god so you had to quickly shut the door and they would uh, like you would receive a big promises of god just believe just stand on the promise Just claim it, but don't feel it. And looking back, I just feel so sad. What a loss that such a part of my humanity was cut off due to cultural pressure. And then later due to church culture that was scared of emotions. They were terrified. Yes. Because you could not control them. And uh, they did not feel safe. And they were messy. And somehow they could not reconcile the God who is on the throne with a person who is terrified or scared right. uh, or, or worried. And uh, so uh, for 10 years of my Christian life, uh, that part of me was just shut down and cut off. And when finally, and there is a story to that, how that happened. But finally, when with encouragement of some people, I got this key and opened the door of emotions. My relationship with God, has become so much richer Mm. and more flavorful because it's these emotions that actually drive my prayers and uh uh, bring me closer to god and make him more relatable yes Uh, and uh uh, he's not scared of my emotions not scared of my anger or my hate like i remember for the first time when i told god i hate my father I felt such a sense of joy that came in response. So God says, for the first time, you're telling the truth, and I'm so happy about it. Because as a Christian, I didn't think I I had the right to be angry uh, at my dad for abandoning me, uh, for leaving me. Uh, But I remember the moment uh, Father's Day was coming up, and I was looking at the rack of Father's Day cards, and I went through probably a dozen of them. And I would open and read a message. And I thought, I cannot put my name here. My dad was not dead for me. He did not do this for me. And when I reached the bottom of the wreck, all those cards, that's when the first time it hit me, he was not there for me. He was not, he did not do what he was intended to do. And that's when I realized I was robbed. I was hurt. I was wounded. He stole so much from me when he walked away and that's for the first time when i felt anger and even hate wow and when i admitted it to myself it's that room that i i was so scared to tap in i always pretended uh that it was not a big deal that he left that god was my father and that was enough but when i allowed those emotions to come out i felt like god was rejoicing like now you're telling the truth yeah now we can do something with these feelings and Yes, his healing later came in into uh, the brokenness. But as long as I held that room shut and that anger right. was safely tucked in, I could not experience God or his healing or him being my yes. father to a greater degree. So, yes, that's why I'm so excited for yeah. this resource. I hope it will become that key uh, that parents or children's ministry leaders will use. like let's go beyond the surface. How are you feeling? You know, yeah. it's okay to feel like there is no sinful feeling. Feelings are a powerful gift from God. They should not control us, but it's okay to experience them and let them drive us right. closer to God or, right. uh, or to a community that can be healing to us. So that's what this resource is all about. Uh, number one is just to start those conversations about feelings, also to give children vocabulary uh, because the world of feelings, it's a foreign land and there is a foreign language. Uh, Like it would be interesting uh, just to go to a couple of kids on a Sunday and say, tell me what are five feelings that you have felt recently? Like how many children would be able to even verbalize what they feel? I certainly would not be able to do it uh, when i was a child i did not know feelings existed until uh, i was 26 it was all a foreign language so this book gives children a language for their feelings and also courage it's okay to admit how you feel yes uh, and uh and yes like you said it's jesus and emotions because we don't want it to be too we don't want to become too self-absorbed like it's about me and how I feel. We want children to experience Jesus. And we start off by looking at Jesus and how he experienced different emotions. And we want uh, to make Jesus relatable. Like, yeah, he felt joy. He uh, he was uh, scared. Uh, He uh, experienced shame. He was excited. And just to draw them into the story. And then when did you feel that? And right. hopefully it will give them that safety and that foundation to explore their feelings.
0: Yes. Well, I think this resource is going to be pretty powerful. And I hope leaders will take a good look because it's it's a journal that families can do together to parents to walk through. I love how how the Hargreaves have have, have put in some tips for parents at the you know, both, you know, I, I thought that was really helpful. Um, so that you know, as church leaders, we can get this into the hands of parents. We can let them know if you have a, a child that's struggling with their emotions and how to manage it, um, that this would be a great resource to pick up because right. it will help parents walk their child through. And like you said, yeah, give them a vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and I think it also I think for every leader that's listening, you ought to pick one of these up just for the fact that as you're teaching kids, one of the things that we don't draw out enough is. Is yeah, teaching that Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man, and Scripture says in all points he was tested like we were. Yes, that means he had those spectrum of emotions. Right. right. And I think the reason why kids feel that God is so far off is because we've pushed off that emotional side of things. Exactly. And and so drawing that out helps them connect. And I think for even leaders to share their emotions and where they struggle with children is a pretty powerful thing.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, you know? I agree so, with you. And I think a byproduct will be a richer prayer life and a yes. richer worship life. Because even if you look at the book of Psalms, it's really emotion driven <laughs> yes. uh, prayers and limitations. And it's a such a powerful vehicle that can drive us into the presence of God. And uh, in the church, so much of our Emphasis is on knowledge and doctrine and stories, which are great and necessary, absolutely. But also this emotional aspect, I think, has been neglected uh, or not or not maybe focused upon enough. Uh, and I think it can make your relationship with God so much richer yeah. and more yeah. intimate
0: yeah wow this is so good so i want to encourage people to take a look at this at this uh resource and again we're going to put dima's website in the show notes where you can pick this up um plus he's got so many other resources um i wish we're going to have to get you back on the podcast and do another episode just to talk about some of these kind of things but we're also you know he's going to share i'm I'm going to encourage him to share Uh, a resource in our kmc facebook group on on our friday through saturday or sun excuse me sunday shareway because i want people to know more about your resources because you do have some fantastic tools that really do allow us to focus um on building relationships on on loving kids like jesus would love them and uh, i think that's that's really cool um and uh you know, we said at the beginning, we were going to, to offer a giveaway. And so um, you've been so gracious to say that you'd be willing to give away um, um, some of this, uh, you know, these journals. And so um, what I'd like to do, and you can tell me how many winners you want to do, but um, what I want to do, I'm going to put the challenge out to the KMC listening audience. That if you've heard this podcast, if it's been a blessing to you, which I'm sure it has, because I'm already been blessed by this conversation, um, this has been so so good. I want to keep it going, um, but I already told Dima we have to keep it. We have to keep it to a certain like. So, um, if you've listened to it, what you have to do is go into the Facebook group and on the post where we promote this podcast, which is always pinned to the announcements. You need to comment. I listened and I feel happy so give us your emotion uh, right
1: right and and, and uh, let me tell you what the price will be because right. i actually never told you uh, that's what true I had, had in mind yeah so i would love to give uh, a bundle which will include a five pack of these journals. so there will wow. be five journals that i will be happy to mail in the mail to whoever wins And on top of the journals, I will give uh, one of my best, most popular volunteer recruiting campaigns, because I know this is the season that we are all looking for volunteers. And it's called The Secret Life of Kids, which is a spin-off the popular movie, The Secret Life of Pets. I used it in my church uh, last year, and we got so many volunteers in response. And interestingly enough, it was so memorable. People talked about it for weeks, like it was humorous. They connected with it. And that's what you want your volunteer campaign to be memorable. Uh, And so I would be happy. It's a digital file that I will also send a a link. So hopefully a children's ministry leader can use it uh, uh, to stand out among the noise and get some volunteers for the new school year.
0: All right. Well, thank you for being so generous to our community. That is awesome. Well, man, guys, that's all you got to do now that you've listened to the podcast all the way to the end here is just comment on this post in the announcement section where it says, you know, I'll put Dima's picture up here and it'll be on the podcast. And and, uh, you have until August 16th of 2021, to register, or excuse me, August 14th, we're going to announce the winner on Monday the 16th. Get my room. <laughs> so, self straight here. So you have until August 14th, 2021 to enter. And then we're going to announce the winner on Monday the 16th on the KMC Facebook page. So if you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, you better join quick um, so that you can all you got to do is say, I listened and I feel happy. Um, <laughs> Because Jesus feels happy too. So. Oh, yes. We he is singing
1: over us. And it's whenever angels announce his birth to shepherds, it was joy. Yes. The word yes. joy is there. Whenever resurrection, it's joy. Yeah, he is the happiest person you could ever meet.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Dima, brother, thank you. I am um, so glad for your friendship. I can't wait to partner with you on other things. I have a feeling we're going to do something. Um and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on the podcast because we we've got more to talk about for sure. Um, and uh, so now that we've broken the ice, and you yes. you, you are a veteran podcaster, um, <laughs> you can you can come back and join me again uh, uh, for another episode.
1: Thank you, Tom. I appreciate your kindness and giving me this opportunity.
0: Yeah. So you can connect with Dima in the Facebook group. He's part of the Kid Ministry Collective. Um, So if you have questions about resources, but again, his uh, resources will be in the show notes. Um, You can click on them and uh, uh, on Podbean, our hosting site. Um, We'll make sure we put it also in the post about the, the, the podcast. So you can go directly to his website and pick up. A lot of different great resources that he has available so thanks again for listening to this episode of the kid ministry collective podcast hey if there's anything we can do to serve you if you need help uh, you need someone to talk to you need some brainstorming you need some encouragement you need somebody to pray with feel free to reach out we're happy to help uh, as always so god bless you my friends stay tuned for another edition of the kmc real soon Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.